Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of the All Around Growth Podcast. My name is Rob Kaiser, and I am your host. Today is Wednesday, August 31st, 2022, and this is episode number 412 of a show that provides insight and tools to build the lives and homesteads of our dreams. Today, I'm coming at you with some new equipment. I'm hoping everything sounds the same. Pretty much everything is the same, but I've made a couple of changes to my devices, how I use them, how I record the show, and uh, a couple other things. So if you're interested in what I'm doing and why, just join us in the uh, Telegram chat, t.me slash allaroundgrowth, or comment on where you find this on social media because we are trying to get more active on social media and I am trying to do a better job of engaging more as I finally make a concerted effort to grow the show, grow the audience, monetize it a little bit in an ethical way and also tie it to what is going on here on the homestead. And with that said, I wanted to test out the new equipment with an easy show today and that is why we are going back to the old farmers almanac where we are going to be discussing labor day gardening returning to the moon squash troubles and more and what i mean by that is i will link to all of these articles in the show notes today for your reference and Labor Day gardening, what to do in the garden this weekend? Not sure. Um, although some folks say Labor Day is the, quote, end of summer, that is certainly not true in temperate North American gardens. We are harvesting, storing the bounties, saving seeds, dividing plants, fertilizing the lawn, and yes, planting for a second summer. So check out the link in the show notes for an article on what to do in the garden this weekend, which is Labor Day. There is also an article on return to the moon, pros and cons. The new moon rocket launch is named Artemis after Apollo's mythological twin sister. The coming test of the Artemis rocket is re-raising the boisterous debate about returning to the moon. Should we go back or move on? Here's a quick summary of the pros and cons. Now, we are probably going to read this article because quite frankly, I was not aware that we were going to the moon. I've disengaged from the news so much that I really, uh, I really did not know this until I saw something about it last night. So, we're going to both learn about this. I hope that you are with me in the same boat, that you are so out of touch with reality that, you know, you were also unaware of this. Because if that's the case, that means that we really are in touch with our own reality, and that's where I hope you are. There is another article which I will link to in the show notes as well, titled, What's Wrong with My Squash and Zucchini? 
and uh, what's wrong with my squash and zucchini? Is a bug eating the squash leaves? Is the fruit getting soft or rotting on the vine? Now, this article will help you troubleshoot a few common squash problems to help you get your harvest safely over the finishing line and also cover harvest and storage tips. So guys, check out the show notes for links to that article as well. There is also going to be an article linked titled Raising Chickens 101, Choosing the Right Chicken Breeds. And choosing the right chicken breed is an important part of raising chickens. Do you want lots of eggs, friendly chickens, or just something fancy? There are so many chicken breeds out there, it can be overwhelming. And here are some things to consider when choosing a chicken breed for you. So check out this article titled Raising Chickens 101, Choosing the Right Chicken Breeds in the show notes. I will be sure to link to that as well. There's also an article with a recipe for chocolate zucchini cake. And this little snippet reads, we've made this chocolate zucchini cake many, many times. You don't taste the zucchini, it simply creates a moist crumb. Everyone enjoys this cake. So guys, right now, um, if you're not growing zucchini, I'm sure you've been gifted with zucchini. Everyone's got zucchini. Tis the season to make awesome things with it, like chocolate zucchini cake. And also guys, if you want some hot tips on how to prepare anything Beyond this, with your squash, then definitely join the Telegram chat, t.me slash allaroundgrowth, because we've got some great people in there that have some awesome tips on homesteading, recipes, and more communities that they've built. All Around Growth is a network that leads and opens doors to other people, other places, other tools and resources, and that's what this is all about. Because Hey, we're trying to build the lives and homesteads of our dreams. So let's check out this article titled, uh, or looking at the pros and cons of returning to the moon. Okay. This was an article written by Bob Berman of the Old Farmer's Almanac. And this was written just a couple days ago on August 29th, 2022. The new moon rocket launch is named Artemis after Apollo's mythological twin sister. The coming test of the Artemis rocket is re-raising the boisterous debate about returning to the moon. Should we go back or move on? Here's a quick summary of the pros and cons. A human hasn't stepped on the moon since 1972. The new moon rocket being tested is called the Space Launch System, or the SLS, and it's the most powerful rocket that the U.S. has ever built. This first rocket launch, Artemis 1, is uncrewed for safety reasons, with the next step being a crewed flyby mission, Artemis 2, in 2024. The goal is the first crewed moon landing as soon as 2025. That will be Artemis 3. Why is the moon mission named Artemis? The new moon program name is Artemis to echo the Apollo program that took astronauts to the moon for the first time in 1969. 
Artemis is the Greek goddess of the moon and the twin sister of Apollo. Fittingly, a woman will be crude will be on the crude mission in 2025, the first woman to set foot on the moon. The Artemis mission logo has an A like the Apollo program, but the A also represents the arrowhead from Artemis's quiver. The blue crescent represents Earth as well as her bow. Now returning to the moon. Oh, and there's an image of the Artemis logo in this article which you can find at almanac.com, return, moon, pros, and cons with dashes in between those words. Again, I'll link to this in the show notes for your ease of reference. Let's continue reading. Here are a few pros of returning to the moon. In general, our understanding of the moon is dated and there's lots to learn to understanding both our own planet and the origins of the solar system. For example, although the Apollo astronauts collected 842 pounds of moon rocks and dust, the landing sites were all influenced by debris flung outward by the huge meteor impact 4 billion years ago that created Mare Imbrium, which is the largest round dark blotch on the lunar surface. Hence our dating of their ages might not give a truly accurate figure for the moon's age and material from fresh landing sites could be very helpful. Secondly, the ratio between the abundance of the three types of oxygen, which varies according to whether it has six neutrons like the most common oxygen or seven or eight neutrons, is basically identical on the moon and on earth to within a few parts per million. This is strange since most researchers believe the moon was created from a collision between Earth and a Mars-sized impactor that was posthumously been named Thea and thus should contain a lot of alien Thea material, which in turn means it should have a different oxygen isotope ratio than is found in earthly air, water, sand, and in all our oxygen-containing rocks. But it doesn't. It's identical. And this is so puzzling, we'd like more rocks to check out their oxygen. The third pro of returning to the moon is new instruments will be used to, text the, to test the extraction of vital resources such as water. If we ever want to stay on the moon for a long period of time, we'll need to make, we'll need ice to make water, and so a more dedicated search for ice would be a nice thing to do. The fourth pro of returning to the moon is all six Apollo landings were at the same place near the moon's equator. We've never explored many regions, including the South Pole region, where there are deep craters which contain ice. Since the moon doesn't have the atmosphere or flowing water, there isn't erosion or weathering, so it's preserved the evidence of its origin. This, in turn, allows us to understand the beginnings of our solar system. The fifth pro of returning to the moon is that this is a stepping stone to Mars. Having humans on the moon for a more extended period of time would allow us to test tools and prove humans' deep space capabilities.
For example, we need to test technologies for radiation exposure protection. The sixth pro of returning to the moon is that the Artemis mission, like the Apollo mission, inspired a staggering number of inventions back on Earth from insulin pumps to your mobile phones to airplane electronics to firefighter flame retardant fabrics. It returned millions of dollars back to the U.S. economy covering everything from roof insulation to MRI machine innovation. And the seventh pro of returning to the moon is that finally we need more U.S.-based engineers and scientists. The Apollo mission inspired many of today's generation and the Artemis mission would provide provide inspiration, hopes, and dreams to the next generation. Now there are three cons to returning to the moon as outlined by our author here, Bob Berman. The first con being going back to, for more human moon landings is a very expensive proposition. The price tag for each launch of this new giant rocket may be as much as $4 billion, which some have called unsustainable, meaning too expensive. How important are these remaining questions when compared with such expensive pressing earthly challenges as dealing with climate change? But the real bottom line is whether it's worth the monetary treasure and risk of human life to return to a place we already visited half a dozen times 50 years ago. The second con of returning to the moon. Moreover, the public grew bored after the very first Apollo mission. Won't people shrug their shoulders when astronauts repeat the landing thing? Would this be an expensive case of been there, done that? And the third con is, finally, shouldn't we be focusing on robotic missions which yield far more scientific returns dollar for dollar? When we think about the James Webb Telescope, Hubble, the Cassini mission to Saturn, the New Horizons spacecraft to Pluto, and countless others, should we risk human lives anymore? So what do you think? Go back again or move on? You can leave questions. Ooh, you know what? There's also uh, you know, there's also um, the 10 most important moon discoveries. And I ah oh hell, let's go ahead and read them. Why not? right? Um, while you perhaps ponder man's voyage to the moon, it may be a good time to review what the original Apollo missions taught us half a century ago. And here are the 10 most important moon discoveries. We used to think of lunar mountains as pointy and sharp. It's how artists had always drawn the moon. The lack of lunar rain or wind, any sort of erosion supported this. But the actual moon has only rounded mountains, re more resembling the Catskills than the Rockies. Turns out, eons of countless small meteor impacts have acted like tiny hammers, pounding everything into a worn appearance. Two, thanks to seismometer, uh, seismometers planted on the moon's surface by several Apollo teams, 
we learned that whenever the moon gets a hard impact, a moonquake is created that goes on and on for over two hours. When struck, the moon rings like a giant gong. Three, the moon's surface is covered with a fine dust as smooth as baby powder. A few inches down, it gets so compact that it can support any amount of weight. Four, the moon's night and day temperatures are easy to remember. In most places, the ground reaches roughly 240 degrees by day and minus 240 degrees by night. Now five, moon rocks are anhydrous, meaning they contain no water. You can't even create water using anything you'd find in a moon rock. And six, moon rocks were all formed from high heat events. There's no sedimentary rock, nothing formed in layers like earth's limestone or shale. And seven, the lunar soil or regolith varies from five to 80 deep. Unlike earth soil, it contains no air spaces. It's almost entirely oxygen and silicone, like a superfine sand. Number eight, the moon has nearly the same age as Earth for and a half billion years. Number nine, all craters come from meteor impacts, none from volcanoes. And number 10, the moon is leaving us thanks to the corner cubes left behind at three of the Apollo landing sites, laser pulses from Earth determine the moon's distance within one inch of accuracy. This shows that the moon is slowly spiraling away from us at the rate of one and a half inches per year. All right, and if you are a moon lover, you can check out the almanac for tonight's moon phase and moonrise and set times, both of which are linked to in this article. Okay, so guys, I'm, I'm curious about what you think, just like our author here. Um, do we go back to the moon or move on? Um, Look, I, I don't really have an opinion on this. Um, I don't have an opinion on most things. I'm, 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 I'm trying to get to a point, I suppose, where I don't really wish to have an opinion on certain things. I, I wish to keep my life simple and keep working towards a, a, an even more simple life. What I mean is since uh, over the past 10 to 15 years, I've reduced my commute time from, well, hours of driving that kept me on the road to an hour and a half, an hour, depending on the actual territory that I was working, to 45 minutes, to 15 minutes. And now my commute is 15 seconds as I walk 30 feet or whatever however long that takes me, but you get the point. I make food 
and I sell it at the farmer's market with my parents. When I'm done with that, I try to learn old-time music, work on creating content for our website and building the online store. I'll be grateful when that's up and running. And I try to spend a little bit of time connecting with you, primarily through Telegram and hopefully on more other social medias that are all linked to in the show notes as I get better at spending time on those. A lot of you guys are active on all the other social medias where the show presence is, and I finally got to posting all of that yesterday. Posted on Float again. Posted on MeWe for the first time in months. Posted on Minds for the first time in months. So... But that's about it. You know, I, I don't really wish to do a whole lot more than that. I don't really wish to engage with the news or people who are interested in it. I don't really wish to engage with people that don't, with people that have uh, many interests beyond the interests that I have. And you know what that does? It really limits the people that I actually am connecting with. And that's okay. You know, that's okay. We've got a lot going on in the world and a lot of people are really concerned about it. And you know what? That's okay. Let them be concerned about it. You do you, man. And you know what? I'm doing me. And I like it that way. So with that said, guys, that is... Uh, that's it for today's show. Um, hopefully this recording turns out well. I look forward to your feedback on it as always, but especially today since we've made some changes. And uh, I look forward to catching you on tomorrow's show, which will be Thursday, November 1st. And if I can get my ducks in a row, what we will be covering tomorrow is the monthly newsletter from here on the homestead at York Meadow Farm. I'll link to that in the show notes. What I'd like to encourage you to do is click on the link in the show notes for York Meadow Farm. That's going to take you to the newsletter where you can sign up to first and foremost receive this email yourself, the monthly update, and then over the course of the next couple of weeks, we're gonna have some email updates going out, providing news and information about the online store, which is going to launch on the first day of fall next month, and that's just about three weeks from now. So stay tuned for that. Check out the show notes for everything discussed today, and I look forward to catching you tomorrow. This is Rob Kaiser, and thank you. In a world of pain, what can I do? The needs are many, and answers are few. 
I believe. 